Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. And let's back up where we were the previous episode, verse 45. Remember what it said there? It said, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he himself was sending the crowd away. And remember what we saw in the previous episode. We looked at some of the other Gospels and found out what was going on. John told us that the people were amazed by Jesus feeding these thousands of people, and they wanted to make him king. They were going to force him to be king. They were going to go grab him and seize him and make him king. Well, Jesus knew this. He perceived this. That's what John said. And so what did he do? Well, he immediately loaded his disciples up and said, Y'all get in the boat. Y'all go to the other side. And there's a real sense, as Mark would say, of immediacy with this. Jesus wasn't messing around with this. He sends the disciples off and gets them away from the crowd. And then he sends the crowd away. He disperses them. You know? And so just think a little more about what is going on here, what's happening. I think that more than likely uh, that the evil one was messing here. Okay, that he was coming in trying to get the people to do something that was outside the will of God, outside of what the Lord wanted at that moment, at that time. And it's so easy to do that, folks. It's so easy to do something in the flesh, to do something within the soulless realm and think that we're doing it and even say that we're doing it to the praise and the glory of the Lord. But it's not what he wants at this time. Okay, not at all. So what do we need to do with things like that? Well, we need to deal with it. Okay, we need to deal with it. Jesus dealt with it. He sent his disciples. He protected them, sent them on their way. Okay, and it's really interesting because none of the gospels say anything about, you know, them saying, uh, hey, master, how are you going to catch up with us or anything like that? They just say that he sends them off and then he disperses the crowd, tells the crowd to leave. And, and he verse 46 it says, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. So he wasn't rude about it, okay? But he did. He just sent them on. He said, I'm leaving. Y'all need to go. And so how do you deal with the crowd mentality? Well, first of all, you confront the truth. Okay, the truth was this wasn't the time for Jesus to be king. That is even yet to come from our time perspective, okay? And Jesus knew this. And so you deal with that issue, and you don't let it fester. You don't let it foment anymore. You don't let... Uh, whatever the underpinning is here in this case, all the crowd, certain people were saying some things and they're all buying into it. No, no, no. Let's just disperse this crowd and move on. That's what Jesus did. Now watch this in verse 47. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he, that's Jesus, was alone on the land. So where was Jesus? Well, he just told us that he went to the mountain to pray. So he went up on a mountain and he was praying. So he's there by himself. The boat is in the middle of the sea. Verse 48. Seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. At about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. <laughs> yeah, this is sort of a wild thing, isn't it? Now, we think of sea, we think of something that's hundreds of miles across. And that's not how big this sea was, the Sea of Galilee, okay? So Jesus is up on the mountain. He can see them. They're out in the middle of the sea. They're some distance away, several miles away, but he can still see them. Which tells us some things. You think, well, it's nighttime. You can't see at nighttime. Oh, sure you can. Are you kidding me? You city folks or something? If you live out in the country, you know you can't, particularly if it's a moonlit night in a particular kind of way. You can see a great deal. And Jesus sees that they're straining it against the oars. They're not getting anywhere. 
They'd been rowing, rowing. It had been hours, folks. It had been hours. And they're straining. Why? Because the wind was against them. The wind was against them? Does the wind blow against us sometime naturally? <laughs> Even at the very moment of our being together right now, me recording this thing, I've got a serious wind outside. I've already had something blown off the house a while ago. We're expecting uh, 30, 35, 40 mile an hour, what they call uh, pressure gradient winds. In other words, the cold front's about to move through, and the pressure builds up and builds up. And so we've got that wind, and then later today, we're actually expecting severe thunderstorms, maybe even some tornadoes. So sure, the wind can be against you. I'm a little suspicious about this right here, though. <laughs> I mean that in a good way. I think there's probably more behind this wind being against them. I think, again, it's probably the evil one here. Okay, this, this putting pressure against them, this straining against them because the wind was against them at about the fourth watch, okay? So they had been rowing and rowing and rowing, and they're getting nowhere. So Jesus decided he's going to do what? Well, I'm going to go over to the other side where they're going to go, and I'll just meet them over there. So he starts walking on the sea, and he intended to pass them by. <laughs> Well, was well, he just going to let them row? Is he going to let them row? Is he going to let them do whatever? Well, who knows? Okay, who knows? But I do know this, that his intention was he was just going to pass them by and let them keep rowing. Now, that doesn't mean he was going to walk up right up to the boat and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry y'all having such a tough time right here. I'll meet you on the other side. Okay? No, he was going to walk, and he would be walking at some, close, some point close by them because when you go to point A or point B, you're going across a lake, you're going to be on basically the same path. Okay, I don't know how wide. You may have a half mile or a mile different width, but you're going on the same basic thing if you're going in a straight line, right? So he had not intended to stop. But what happened? Verse 49. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost, and they cried out. For They all saw him and were terrified. Okay, so they... Uh, a couple of things, they're all rowing. Apparently, they're all awake. Would they not have been tired by now? Of course they would have been. It's been a long day. So they're rowing. They keep going. But you know what? They see him. They're paying attention, at least to some degree. Jesus was just going to pass them by. And if they were asleep, if there's only a couple of them rowing, and if they weren't paying attention, they wouldn't have seen him. He wasn't going to announce himself. He wasn't going to present himself. But when they saw him, they were terrified. They thought it was a ghost, you know, and you think, well, that's sort of ridiculous. Really? What would you think if you're out rowing half the night so far, maybe two-thirds of the night, and you're not getting much of anywhere because the wind's against you, and all of a sudden you see what you would call an apparition, a ghost, and they cried out, and they were terrified. I mean, that, that would be an extremely frightening thing. Verse 50 continues, but immediately he spoke with them and said to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got in the boat with him, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished, for they did not gain any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. That is really, really interesting, the way this closes out. So let me just close with a couple of things real quick here. First of all, remember that Mark is writing a account of the gospel inspired by the Spirit of God with information that he received predominantly, we believe, from Peter. Because we believe that uh, Mark traveled with Peter, might have even been Peter's translator and some things. And so he received a lot of information from Peter, a lot of eyewitness information. This is the incident where Peter walked on water. You see it in other Gospels. You don't see it in Mark. Why is that? It's because 
uh, Mark sort of embarrassed because of Peter and the way he acted and reacted. <clears throat> no, 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 I don't think so. I think it's a point of humility. I think that Peter actually said, hey, don't, don't worry about putting this in whatever you're writing. Don't worry about this. You know, in other words, Peter's walking in humility, and Mark honored this right here. The most interesting thing is though, what Jesus said to them. They were astonished. They had not gained insight from the incident of the loaves, and their heart was hardened. This is tied in to the incident of the loaves, of Jesus providing, of doing what Jesus tells you to do. If Jesus tells you to leave and get to the other side, guess what, folks? You're going to make it to the other side, even if there's headwinds against you. If he tells you to feed people, there's going to be provision there to feed people. But their heart was hardened. Tell you what, I may pick that up in the next episode. I'm out of time right now. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.